Whether you agree with Andrew and think The Clone Wars is for kids, or you're on my side and see it as great for any age, this podcast isn't for kids. Enjoy the show. Okay, tell me, Andrew, what did you think of these episodes? Well, Alex, if you love the Star Wars prequels but felt like they could have used more Jar Jar Binks, then you are going to love these three <laughs> episodes. Well, okay, I, prom- I promise The Clone Wars is awesome. So we're watching a condensed and customized ordering of Star Wars The Clone Wars. If you want to follow along, I've linked the ordering in the show notes. With that, let's talk about Dooku Captured, The Gungan General, and Bounty Hunters. Those are Season 1, Episode 11, Season 1, Episode 12, and Season 2, Episode 17, respectively. We tacked that last one in because Andrew felt like all of his points are going to be pretty much the same. Do you want to give us uh, an overview here? Sure. Count Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin all get captured by the same pirates. They learn that through the power of unlikely friendship, they can overcome any obstacle. Also, Jar Jar Binks makes the most unwanted return in TV history. <laughs> and, okay, to the Jar Jar, Jin- to the Jar, Jar Binks point, that's only for the one episode in the middle of these three episodes we're talking about. And it's really extra bad because, I mean, Jar Jar is not a great character to begin with, but they don't even get the voice right on this. There are a zillion people who can do a better Jar Jar impression than whatever we got in this episode. The thing that surprised me the most was that the original Jar Jar Binks voice actor was not available. Because I can't imagine that that guy's got people knocking on his door, giving him voice <laughs> acting work. He, he came back in later seasons. Yeah. It was just season one. I guess, yeah, I guess in this season he was too busy f- filming, going to Comic-Con or something. I, I can't imagine what this guy would be doing. Well, what I imagine it was, was that the Jar Jar experience just like ruined his life so much. Because it did. Like people, he was like the first person to face like fandom backlash. Yeah. And it was like really, really, really bad sent him into a depression. I don't know if you've ever seen interviews with him, but it was like really, really bad. And he got suicidal and he got like death threats because of it. Like you ruined my childhood. You know, I hope you die kind of thing. And like first person to experience this. Now there's at least like other people who have kind of gone through that unreasonable fandom cancellation thing. Mm -hmm. But he got hit with it really hard. So I imagine that was part of it. Obviously, I'm just speculating, but I imagine that was part of why he didn't come back because he was like, why would I want to come back for the character that ruined my effing life? Yeah. Okay. So I guess maybe they just threw enough money at him in later seasons. He had to come back. I probably stand corrected on this, but. Well, yeah. And the the viewers of Clone Wars were probably like, hey, listen, if you're going to bring back Jar Jar, like, please do it with Ahmed Vest. Not, <laughs> not this, this guy, whatever, whatever this is. I'll give you that right off the bat, which we should say to Andrew and I have had a conversation, a heart to heart about what happened over the past couple episodes. And we agreed that we were going to be less, less rooted in our positions and just be more honest with ourselves and and each other about, you know, what, what's good and, and what is bad. I don't need to defend it to the death when I, agree that there are some bad things in here so we we've talked about that so it's it's going forward the show is going to sound a little less um violent and uh and a little bit more of a conversation about the high art that is the clone wars 
so I'll say like I having watched further ahead than than what we're talking about now I can kind of start I start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and one thing I'd say is that it's hard to evaluate a series based on its first season because in a first season it's really trying to find its footing Mm -hmm. but I just think if you're going on the premise that the Star Wars is awesome like I still am standing by my position that this is a kids show Okay, but an awesome kids show, like awesome, like in the for kids. I'll explain my feelings as we get through the show notes here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I'll say, like right off the bat, the one thing that I have found—I don't even know if I can use the word enjoyable—but one thing that I've kind of nodded my head and said, "All right," is that they use a lot of the ship and vehicle designs from the original, uh, from the Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and they don't like reinvent the wheel. I just I find that something that might happen when you adapt a TV show from a movie franchise is that you're like, let's just take artistic license with everything and just reinvent the wheel here. But really I'm looking at it and I'm like, Oh, I remember seeing that ship in revenge of the Sith, or I remember seeing that thing in attack of the clones and all oh, like this is so mm-hmm. even though it's an animated kid series, it feels like it's part of the same universe. They stay consistent that way. Right. They maintain continuity. I mean, one thing that you'll notice in here. Uh, that that was something that they went to to lengths to do throughout the series was to make sure that Grievous and Anakin never meet because in right. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. at the beginning, yeah. he walks in and that's their first meeting. And do, that's right? something I've been so, paying attention to in every Grievous episode. And I'm like, oh, wow, like they are not meeting. Like they are yeah. <laughs> not crossing paths. This is... <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah, like you said, they, they're going to great lengths to prevent that and stay, yeah. maintain continuity with the movies. Yeah. Which is great. Instead mm-hmm. of it being like, you just opened up a huge plot hole and then just saying, oh, well, it's just a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happened with all those Netflix Marvel series. None of this makes any sense in like the MCU continuity. But it, with the Star Wars stuff, they've done a good job. Of, of doing that i am wary of where things are going but this isn't a general star wars podcast we're talking we're talking <laughs> about the clone wars so let's let's get into more of your thoughts here the thing i don't give it credit for and that has just pissed me off since i saw the trailer for the movie that launched this series in 2008 is the body <laughs> armor the boots the shoulder pauldrons all that kind of stuff that anakin and obi-wan are wearing because when we start revenge of the sith we're in the thick of the clone wars and they're wearing robes. So how come in this animated series, why do they need to wear like this body armor? They really, really lean into the whole like general we're in the army. And it's like, it's just annoying. Like I, I just annoyed by it. Yeah. They're wearing awkward polygons on their, yes. on their shoulders. I mean, like what <laughs> I wrote chest. was, why does this show have to amp it up with the armor? You know, when something tries to be edgy and ends up lame, it's like a youth pastor with tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I think when I see Anakin and Obi-Wan it's like and and not just a youth pastor with tattoos but when that youth pastor uses the tattoos to relate to the kids yes exactly like, that's exactly but check it out like don't worry I'm cool I have tattoos right hello, hello fellow teenagers <laughs> there was a tweet that was like about GameStop and it was like Youth pastors everywhere. Do you want to know who else crashed a market? <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's how I. That's the only thing I think of when I, I'm watching these guys parade around in their armor, calling each other yeah. general and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're monks. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. The next thing, let's talk about who got fired for Count Dooku's uh, design. Oh. Let's take Christopher Lee and turn him into a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Count Dooku is definitely the most... Actually, Count Dooku and I... Okay, yeah. Count Dooku is the most just absurdly animated character in this show. Just like... Uh, just unnecessary exaggerations and like, all around. I know Christopher Lee has kind of like a... He's got a bit of a deep, gravelly English voice. But then it's like they took that and put marbles in his mouth with whoever's doing the voice acting. So we've got this marbles-in-the-mouth pigeon. And he's, like, fatter than Christopher Lee. Like, it's just... I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, they nailed it with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, I can't tell the difference between that voice actor and Ewan McGregor and the design. It just matches. Anakin's kind of like... They were like, yeah, Anakin was kind of a wiener in the movie, so let's make his shoulders broader and his, you know, jawline more pronounced. But then with Christopher Lee, it's like... Some guy's like, have you ever thought about what a human pigeon crossbreed would look like? And then if we just shoved marvels in his mouth and made him talk? I was thinking we could do that for Dooku. You guys think that's a good idea? (laughs) And then Dave Filoni's like, well, the thing with Count Dooku is... (laughs) And then... (laughs) Your your Dave Filoni impression (laughs) is is terrible. That was... (laughs) Yeah, that well, wasn't let's even just close. say that my Dave Filoni is about as good as this voice actor's uh, Christopher Lee. I completely so. disagree with that. On that, I will <laughs> I will disagree. I think I think Christopher Lee is a hard that's a hard impression to do. Yeah, to begin with, but I I think he did I think he did a decent job for being like the the cartoon actor, right? Especially in a show. I don't you know I don't imagine they saw it going as far as it did, right? So they get what they can get budget for you're spot on with uh jane Ar- james arnold taylor as what's his bucket as Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. he nailed he nailed that yeah that was fantastic and matt lanter is the guy who plays anakin skywalker great actor and when they had him audition because they did want to change anakin a little bit yeah when they had him audition, they said, do your best. They didn't tell him what he was auditioning for, but they said, do your best. Do your best impression of Han Solo mixed with Luke Skywalker. Right. Is what they went for. Because they wanted it to be like the powerful Jedi, but also cooler, which didn't happen in the movies for Anakin, uh, which, I mean, really is is a bummer. But I, I think the Clone Wars did a great job kind of helping Anakin a little bit. That's just frustrated me. It, I found that to be the most annoying part about watching this series is that they just they may as well have just made a new character because he's not at all the same and and so I'm like okay so we have this one movie where he's a wiener boy and then this series where he's trying to be uh, smug and, and he's confident cool and then he's yeah. going back to being a wiener boy in the next movie so I'm like I'm not buying this well I think so I think Hayden Christensen could have done like the cool confident thing yeah but the way he was written was very whiny mm-hmm. and very creepy towards Padme. <laughs> like super creepy and weird and and awkward, but yeah, I, I yeah, I think a lot of people really enjoy Matt Lanter as as Anakin, but then Hayden Christensen is coming back for this is like a total digression, but he's coming back for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And so we'll see what that portrayal is like. Well, how's I? We'll, we'll I don't see. even. I, I don't even get that because he's just going to be the body. Like 
who's going to do the voice because he's not the voice of Darth Vader that everybody right. knows that. I think he's I think he's going to be in flashbacks. Okay, though that they're right. actually going to like have Anakin. Oh, okay, outside of a suit is what I hear. Right. So we'll have to wait and see. Okay, how that turns out, but. That that's that's my whole digression on the on the cast and characters. Right. So everything. I'd say like the next while we're talking about voice actors, I was like half paying attention while watching this, and then I hear this voice, and I'm like, that sounds so familiar. It sounds like that that one palace guard from Aladdin. And then I look up, and Hondo is voice acted by that guy who does Razul in Aladdin. And then you look at that. I can't remember what the voice actor's name is, but he also does Winnie the Pooh and a bunch of other. He does Pete. And How did you make that connection? Your connection went to Razul from Aladdin? I just heard the voice and I'm like, what the hell is Razul from Aladdin doing here? And it's Hondo, right? Is that the same guy? It's the same guy. And he does the voice of Winnie the Pooh and he does the voice of Pete and Goof Troop. And I'm like, this guy sounds like all that, that voice actor from this movie I watched when I was five. And then, oh, found out it is. And then it's, I've got Alex and the other year telling me, no, this show's awesome. It's not made for kids. It works on two levels. I'm like, uh, I don't know because they're hiring all these kid voice actors to do these. They're, they're hiring voice actors. They don't, they don't have to be just for kids. But it's like, like they're world famous for being in kids shows. And it's like, we'll cast them in our not kids show. No, we're casting them in our kids show. Okay. 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 The Clone Wars. (laughs) Yeah. The Clone Wars is made for that 12 to, to 13, 15-year-old boys, right? Yeah. And that's that's what Star Wars is kind of has always been made for. Yeah. But then I think with the Clone Wars, what ends up happening is that they grow up. And so the show ends up kind of being more mature, but then they also try and like keep this this balance. And we, we talked about this off mic a little bit about how they have to play this balancing act. And yeah, I in some of these, it does not go as well as you might hope. Yeah, I that's... But, yeah. but I don't think that having that voice actor makes it a kid's show. It's like, hey guys, guess I what? I don't think the that's a good reason to is say also that. the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Pretty menacing, hey? <laughs> but he doesn't do the Winnie the Pooh <laughs> voice though. That's the, that's the difference, right? That's like saying like, oh, well, the voice of the clones is the same voice as Appa from The Last Airbender. So, oh, guess we're just watching Sky Bisons shoot each other. Oh, you know, that's totally, it's a different voice. It's different sound. I, do, I didn't understand anything about the last sentence you just said. <laughs> well, so. I guess... I guess well, that what ten year age gap yeah, is really making a difference now. right yeah. now. <laughs> okay, so I think like I've beaten it to death with the uh, the voice actors, right? I'd say dialogue. Move, there's just there's some things that make me wonder if this script is written in crayon, right? <laughs> okay, I had this almost same thought actually. Okay, <laughs> because I, while I was watching it, yeah, like watching watching any Star Wars production, even the Mandalorian, yeah, right, like even the Mandalorian. The thought occurred to me that I think that Star Wars scripts are just written by AIs. They just <laughs> they just feed the canon yeah. to a computer. They they say, "All right, this is the canon, so these are kind of the things you need to stay in." Mm-hmm. And then they just the AI just spits out repeats of all the lines from all the other movies. And Star Wars has developed this thing of its own tropes. Mm-hmm. I have a bad feeling about this. And then sometimes I don't have a specific example in my head. I wish I wrote something down. But sometimes it just seems so out of place. And it's like, 
you just like threw that in there because you didn't know what line to write and you said, hey, that thing Han Solo said in, you know, Revenge of the Sith, that worked. Let's just put it in there. Well, it's like for, there were just some exchanges where I'm like, come on, like this is, this is like a teenager's writing it instead of it being written for a teenager. Like Hondo, Hondo says to uh, Anakin, are you calling me a liar? And then Anakin says, isn't that what you do for a living? Right. And it's like kind of like takes one to no one. But pirates don't lie for a living. Pirates steal and they rape and they pillage, but they're pretty bold about it. Right. 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 Like pirates aren't known for their craftiness and lying. Like they're they're raiding you and they're openly raiding your village or your ship. And they're very blatantly murdering and stealing from you. And so this is this is where I would say that you are having a philosophical disagreement, a technical disagreement with Anakin Skywalker, not with the writers. Because I think Anakin would think that. I think Anakin would say these people are just dishonest. I think you're, so you're, I'll, trying, I'll, you're trying too hard to cover might, for these guys. I, like. I, I, <laughs> I, might, I might be stretching. No, okay. Because I, I think Star Wars has the poorest written scripts in all of like history. Yeah. I think out of ev- out of every single fandom, I think Star Wars has some of the best stories, some of the best characters, some of the best artwork like it has everything going for it. Mm-hmm. But then the script is where Star Wars always falls apart. That's my that's my assessment. So I'm not just defending the writers to defend the writers, but I I am pointing out that that's that's something Anakin might think is that oh but he's just a liar that's my that's my defense that's oh, what I will yeah, okay. that's what yeah, I will give let you us, let Pe- us know people give us can, send us yeah. some feedback what's the email people we've got set up for e- our... email us I think our email is clonewarspod at gmail.com so you can email us and tell us who who's right here yeah <laughs> Because that one, I'm not totally convinced. Where it's just like, is is uh, this a writer's problem or is this Anakin who just really thinks this? Like, I go to school, I fight to become a, you know, to to be a writer on a TV series, and I want to do my best work. And then somebody's like, no, 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 your script's too good. You got to make him sound more like an idiot. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I buy well, that. And I and I I also think that um, when they're turning out, you know, twenty scripts in a year, I can't imagine this is why I'm glad TV shows are getting shorter in their seasons is because writing 20 scripts and trying to make them all good, of course, you're going to do like a find and replace thing. You're just going to, you know, fill in the blanks. I think, I think you can think that like, if you think about the office or parks and rack arrested development, uh, breaking bad, some of these shows that are just really amazing. Yeah. Um, that we're still putting out multiple episodes per you know, Breaking Bad's doing 12, 45-minute episodes. The Office is doing 22 to 24, 20-minute episodes. We're talking the same amount of script length total for a season. And they're writing great, crafty jokes. I mean, Arrested Development ends up with jokes that carry on for seasons until you get the punchline. Arrested Development, that is a well-written so show. I think it's when you're, when you're like, you know what? This show's for kids, and nobody's really going to analyze or think about what people are saying. we just kind of got to fill it with content. And as long as there's a big laser sword battle at the end, nobody's going to care. The dialogue is lazy. Yeah. And I think it's lazy in all of Star Wars. That's my, like, biggest bone to pick with Star Wars in general. Yeah. But I'm still, try- I'm still trying to defend these people because I'm sure it's not an easy job to put this together. Uh, sometimes I feel like I could write this <laughs> stuff, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start our own show. Yeah. So then... And you can play Christopher Lee. <laughs> 
Sodomon. That's me. That's me agreeing. So- that's me agreeing in my best Dooku impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good. It's so, twice the pride, double the fall. Yeah, you're doing a better Christopher I, Lee than this pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. There's no way. There's no way. Anyway, mine's, send mine's us an email. Mediocre. Let us know. How does uh, how yeah. does Alex's impersonation compare? And is Andrew's better? <laughs> so I guess, like, I haven't even, we haven't even talked about the plot points in this episode, but I guess, like, the basic summary is, is that Dooku and Anakin and Obi-Wan all get taken prisoner by the same pirate and then they find that they have to work together and then Jar Jar Binks shows up and saves the day and then Dooku gets away and uh, Anakin doesn't take his revenge on him. And then we've got a roundup at the end where Anakin talks about how revenge is not the Jedi way. Even though we've seen him like be vengeful and shitty. Can I say that word on the the podcast? Right? So it's like it doesn't even fit in. I don't know if the show's clever enough to be like Anakin's actually full of crap right now. I don't think because it's got like that kind of swelling music that kind of clues you in that you're supposed to be learning the moral of the lesson right now. Right. And then Bounty Hunters is basically the same episode. They they're trapped on this planet. They find these people and then in this village of farmers and then they find these bounty hunters and the Jedi are very jaded and like you bounty hunters are just in it for money. And then surprise Hondo shows up and he's bad again. <laughs> And, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin talk to the bounty hunters and get to know them and find out that they're actually fighting for a cause and, and care about these people and don't want to see them get oppressed by pirates. So through the, But really, it's about the money. It is, Yeah, at the end of the day, it's about they're, the money. They're but still bounty hunters. It's like that one girl bounty hunter is like, you don't know anything about me, Obi-Wan. And then it's like, oh, we find out that things aren't always as they seem. And, you know, unlikely alliances can save the day and blah, blah, blah. If everybody can just learn how to get along, then the world will be a better place. It's the same message in both story arcs. I find it very juvenile. I find the way it's presented to be very patronizing. It shows that it's very, very much a kid's show because we've got a lesson and a roundup at the end, and we need to make sure everybody understands the lesson. It's very Twilight Sparkle of, yeah, of them. Yeah, like very, that's what I keep thinking because my, my daughter watched uh, My Little Pony. So I've seen a lot of My Little Great Pony. Great show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay. So We should do a watch-through of, of that. That is a kid's show. We'll call it, I promise, My Little Pony is a, is a kid's show. Yeah, and nobody nobody would disagree with you, but that's the way I'm, I'm feeling when I'm watching this, is I'm like, I feel like I'm watching My Little Pony just with laser swords, and we've got to kind of do a roundup at the end to make sure everybody knows we learned a valuable lesson and... By being friends, we can all get along and blah, 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 blah. I think, hey, the, yeah. One thing that picked up in Bounty Hunters, though, is the action scenes. I think, like, significant mm-hmm. improvement. There's some of the fight scenes they have with the pirates. Really, really good. And that is because it's in the second season, right? right. Whereas we have we have that, that first season. If you watch the way the characters move, mm-hmm. they all, like, do the same movements, and it's very robotic, right? Yeah. But then even just that that improvement from the first season to the second season is this huge like change in the animation style. You can tell their budget is bigger and and that they've they've put a little bit more commitment into the project. Uh, the first season, like you said before, it's always kind of a pilot season. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna see this, right? Same thing, Parks and Rec and uh, and the office always skip season one yeah, on rewatch yeah yeah you don't like don't bother with season one of either of those shows because the characters they haven't figured them out yet 
They don't know what exactly they're doing yet. And then second season, it's like, okay, we've got a we've got a vibe here. And that there's that one bounty hunter who's like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. I've never played Mortal Kombat. Is he the one with the hat? The one with the hat, yeah. And he's like a cold, calculated yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of killer. And he, just a killing yeah. machine. And I'm like, I'm really digging that character. And they've really fleshed out all these bounty hunters to kind of have unique characteristics and not all be the same. And then that other bounty hunter ends up being a little alien inside a robot and Ahsoka has to go, oh, did you know that your value is actually something, something, something? And <laughs> is very, yeah. There, it's what's on the inside that counts. And I'm like, okay, like enough moralizing. We love you anyways. I'm not in Sunday school here, guys. Like, come on. Right, right. The, the show does have a lot of that. And I mean, it doesn't help that it has those proverbs at the beginning of every single episode, right? Of this of this lesson to be learned. I I start digging into some of those because lots of them don't make sense. Which which it's like they took a fortune is, cookie generator and we're like, we need something to start this episode off. Somebody Google so, fortune cookie message generator. Let's find out what to put in this. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Like just just knowing people. Yeah. Like it <laughs> it reads like uh if you've ever had the unfortunate displeasure of reading uh, Yoko Ono's Twitter. It is like the same, just like messages that are indecipherable. And and everybody's like, "Wow, that's so <laughs> inspiring! I love it! Yeah. Wow, like that's the best thing I've ever heard!" Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll concede that as as well. But but you agree, it is getting better. Yeah, there's like a it's it's finding its footing as a show. If you if you ask me, is the Clone Wars awesome? I'd say, like, the things it needs to push to the next level is dialogue that works on two levels. Like, this dialogue is so dumbed down for kids, it's not even funny. You need to kind of have dialogue, and they do it in lots of Pixar movies do this. Uh, The DreamWorks animated movies did this, where you've got dialogue, where you've got jokes, and adults are laughing at it for one reason, and kids are laughing at it for another reason. Mm -hmm. But everybody's laughing at the same joke. Right. And then they've got to get rid of the moralizing roundups at the end. Those are the things that, that it needs to push it out of being children's programming in my mind. Right, right. Yeah. So is is the Clone Wars awesome? For children. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll take that. We we had the rating scale the past two episodes. I think we bumped it up to Power Rangers on the on the second episode. Yeah, we're, it, we're, where are we we're looking now? We're still at Power Rangers. We're still at Power Rangers. Yeah. All right, can't wait for the for the next for the next level. Well, thanks for listening, folks. If you want to email in and tell us your thoughts, which we will respond to, you can email us at clonewarspod at gmail.com. That's at clonewarspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us there. Send us your emails. Let us know what you think. Do you disagree? Do you agree? Or are we both wrong? Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's all for this week. So tune in again in two weeks to find out what Andrew thinks of Holocron Heist and the subsequent arc. We will watch a villain dastardly twist his mustache and learn a valuable moral lesson. All right. Well, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.